boat to take them on board Cross the water to the other side On to where the green grass lies Welcome to the super duper special edition of uh, the Lo-Fi Show with me, Tony B. And Nat. And Nat. And today we have in studio, or actually... No, not in studio. In studio, <laughs> in Skype, we have Arc Rev one In Skypeo. In Skypeo. Arc Rev one also known as Dave. What's up, Dave? What's up, Tony B? What's up, Nat? What's up, man? <laughs> so we know Dave from way back, almost, uh, I, I, you would say, what? 20 years it's over 20 years right since at least yeah it's probably 93 yeah, 90, 92 93. 93 even so it's when i moved back from austin to houston and then i worked at the at the uh, record store sound warehouse and that's we went to school together and uh we did audio engineering but which it turns out nat is the audio audio engineer of the group <laughs> hardly <laughs> And oh my God, the, the the shit that we had to get this this magic out to you guys. <laughs> well, I mean, everything worked except for the uh, Dave couldn't hear the our audio. So anyway, Dave, it's working now. Yeah, man. it's working now. So yeah, you didn't have to li- listen to all that bullshit. Instead, you get to listen to new bullshit. <laughs> We're gonna <laughs> we, we we know Dave. From, me and Dave used to play in a band way back in the day called Acid Country. How would you think the the quote unquote success of that would be, Dave? The the success of Acid Country. Yeah, what do you think it would how, how on a scale of one to ten in the Houston scale anyway, not nationally obviously. Um, actually, it's interesting because I think that uh, more people have approached me and talked to me about Acid Country twenty years later than when we were actually doing it. So. <laughs> You know what's funny is I kept thinking that like because I, I came across that song from the Ice House CD, I kept thinking that these these bands seem to be like just a few years off of you know just making it big, you know, or maybe if they just started a few years later, it eh, would have been. I don't know, man. Houston Houston is a is a pretty diverse scene. Back then, it was a back then I think it should have been a lot bigger than it was. You know, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, totally. And. I think we were an interesting niche, so I think if you were uh, more of like an Axiom type band or that in Houston, that's that's more run of the mill or you know what what most people expect or went out to go see kind of thing. Yeah, so. you know, and it was it wasn't a bad scene. I, I in fact I I kind of liked it, you know, compared to like I guess it was better than San Antonio or maybe even Dallas, but I don't know. We never really went out there, but. It was a good time. Good times we had, and we've, we've since, had some Taco Land shows. Yeah, we've had some really good times, man. I, I probably one of my better times of my life. <laughs> it was back then when I was in my twenties. So, yeah, now, I have no regrets. It, it was good, and uh, the record we made, I'm still, I'm still pretty proud of that record. And yeah. um, people still tell me that they listen to it, and um, that's good. It's a good feeling, you know. Yeah, it's. You know, so what made you decide to uh, stop when you did? Uh, I went to California, and, and you guys were supposed to come with me, and you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. California just—it's—it's it's always kind of scared me. I think. I don't know. It's just the whole 
you lived out there for quite some time though, actually. Right. Yeah. I was out there from well, about 10 years <clears throat> in Berkeley. Yeah, so, dude, that's... and that 10 years went by pretty fast. I, cause you moved back moved... to, back to Texas in 07 or was it 08? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think <laughs> I'm trying so. to remember trying to remember which one it was. Um, no, I left, uh, I left, uh, Berkeley in 2006 and I went to China for five oh, months. Oh yeah. The China, the good old China years. And that was, and that's that was what uh, how things started sure. going into where you're at right now. Arc Rev One, correct? No, actually, that uh, Arc Rev One actually officially kind of started in Berkeley um, when I was working at Amoeba. Um, I, I had kind of stopped playing music for a while. There were so many talented people out there who I think really deserved record deals, and I just wasn't, you know, forthcoming. And, um, you know, I was going to all these fantastic shows with all these people playing, and I just, it's much harder to start a band out there, too, in terms of having, you know, resources like a garage to practice in. Oh, really? Yeah, because stuff it's... like that, you know. But, um, a guy, a co a coworker of mine at Amoeba, he was into uh, more experimental and noise and tape looped kind of stuff. And he approached me for I have no idea what reason, but he was putting out a compilation on uh, Zinflesh Records. And uh, he asked for a track. So I just took an indie track that I had been, that I had shelved, you know, that I just kind of been playing around with and um my brother had gifted me my first computer about that time and so you know i hacked some software you know onto my computer <laughs> and uploaded that indie track and like reversed it and threw on some reverbs and just pretty much you know trashed it and i uh, gave it to him and they thought it was great and they put it on that and that's i called that arc Rev one and that's kind of where arc Rev one started so huh I was not aware. I thought that was a way. I thought it was like uh, once you were in China, you started doing that. Right. That's where that there's a video on YouTube of when I had the good fortune of going to uh, Lhasa, Tibet. And um, I was actually VJing for some of my DJ friends. I was just playing videos in the background off my laptop. And um, so I shot a video out there um, in the temples and stuff out there. That, I think I saw that video, YouTube. actually. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a it's a kind of a trippy video. And um while I was there, you know, there's really not a whole lot to do, just hang out with my DJ friends and party and do creative things. How do you, you party know? in China? Dude, sure um, every place has, I don't know has about party scene. What, how it is now, but then um you know, the the local law enforcement didn't really know what ganja was. And <laughs> and we had a my friend had a a little pipe uh, like a regular tobacco pipe and we would go into the like the starbucks the equivalent of starbucks although it was more um local you know it wasn't right it wasn't like chained or anything but it was a you know an upscale coffee kind of shop and we would sit like uh next to the window where you could see people walking up and down the street and we would smoke you know ganja right there with our latte in the place. Oh. and no one knew no one had any any idea and you know he was uh, you know, bumping his uh, his laptop music there, and so we were just the crazy Americans. Yeah, know, of I course, guess. the damn Americans. Good times, you know. And you know, I think most people think of China as being really oppressive, and I guess in some parts it can be. That's what I would have thought. Uh, yeah, but you know, there was no sign of government where I was in Chengdu or police presence or anything like hmm. that. Oh, Chengdu. So, we have yeah, our company works with some 
some people in Chengdu. I think. Chengdu. Did you did you pick up any language up there or no? Uh, just Ni Hao. I, mean, I probably <laughs> said that wrong really bad, but that's just like hello. Oh. But, but no. But all my friends there, that was the one debilitating aspect of China was no one speaks English. And my friends, my my main friend that I went to go, you know, that told me, come on out, uh-huh. spoke fluent um, Mandarin. And oh. so I got, you know, it was kind of sucked to be dependent upon somebody, really. I mean, you could go out by yourself, but, you know, it was really hard to communicate, even to eat or to order something. You and, know? You, and you st- ended up staying out there how long? I was out there about five months, and um, it was a whirlwind of five months. Like, we, you know, we were doing DJ shows, and we had a really nice uh, condo out there, and we did a lot. And then we went to Thailand, and I fell in love with Thailand. And Thailand is way more... uh, Bangkok. Was it uh, actually, yeah, Bangkok. Bangkok's kind of hair, you know, kind of crazy. It's kind of like L.A. probably or something, but... um, um, Chiang Mai is northern Thailand, and that's more like Austin. If you're going to compare stuff like Houston, <laughs> Austin, or something, a bunch know. of weird people, or what? A uh, bunch of yeah, laid back farmer hippies, uh, okay. backpackers, uh, just and a lot more people speak English in Thailand. So uh, you don't. All right, just right. That's why you fell in love. Someone that can understand me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I went, you know, back and forth uh, for you know, like. So Three years. You know? Were you doing music on, during all this time, like with Arc Revlon, like DJing, I guess, or? Um, yes, a little bit. Um, but interestingly enough, uh, the Lumpany track that you just played was actually written and recorded um, on my laptop in um, in Bangkok. And sat on my laptop for a long time until I put out that last record, and I was just going through, like, various stuff i had and it was already mixed and ready to go and i had kind of shelved it and forgotten about it and i was like well i might as well throw this on there so So a lot of the stuff you have noticed is you know instrumental right right um i mean this is a far far cry from from acid country because you know that was a more traditional band you know guitars drums you know all that this one's what i remember hearing you say you call it uh, scratch scratch hop or something like that or some what's the actual style because not uh i, even, I just i just call oh maybe you're trip? Talking about glitch 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 that's it um yeah you know there's all different kinds of genres i mean we're right, probably exactly. sounding really old here because you know people uh you know dubstep uh well-known um electronic uh electronica um uh, glitch um What's the other one? Trap now, okay. you know. Um, they come. They come up with all kinds of interesting new genres all the time, and I never know where my stuff fits okay. in because right. I don't really try to create music for a certain genre. Right. So I just call it electronic. Okay. Know? Okay. I was just like, well, what are we gonna? How are you gonna like categorize this? Yeah, there's so many like weird subcategories of electronic music. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I listen to it, and it, it is good music to like, you know, kind of partake in the uh the herbal the herbal lessons <laughs> and just sit there and have it on the background because sometimes i was like oh wow one time he made me all like just sit there and uh space out i guess <laughs> you know i i think of it kind of like um some of my favorite bands like pink floyd 
you know, what I and they they have a lot of what they call like bedroom producers, people who because you can the software is fairly cheap now and you can get decent, you know, sounding gear right. for mastering and producing and stuff. <clears throat> and you can do a lot of really cool things uh, that we couldn't do when we were back in the day. coming up. Yeah, yeah, back in the day. And you can, you know, the thing with a band, bands are great, you know, and they're emotive and they're loud and, and you know, you can have your friends come hear you play and all that. But um, in terms of production, um, it's really hard to get things the way that you hear them in your head necessarily if you're dealing with multiple people and stuff like that. But right. if you have, if you're trying to create something, you know, um, electronically, you know, you can tweak it all day long and you can get it just, just right how you want it for that experience that you're talking about where, you know, somebody's just going to put on the headphones and, and disappear into the music, you know? Is it, like is it weird? Like, cause when I do artwork, it's kind of hard to know when to stop, you know, is it weird to, when you are slicing so many different loops and, and things like that, you know, like, okay, that, that's too much and I need to back it up or. Yeah, absolutely. I would think that that is probably the key to, uh, to having something that people can appreciate or turn off within the first 15 seconds or something is is knowing actually what happens is you end up probably doing way more than than you need to and then usually i'll listen to it for you know a month or two and then give it a rest and then go back and listen to it again and i'll end up pulling out a lot of stuff that I ended up putting so so you end up laying the bed and then you end up pulling stuff out until you know it's it's just right. So it has like at first it has too much and then you're like, well, that's that's too much and then you start pulling stuff out. Yeah, like now I was saying it's easy to go crazy. I mean, right, it's easy. Right. There's so so many options that, you know, especially if you're having a good time while you're doing it and trying to uh entertain yourself with uh various sounds and stuff that doesn't always play out well you know, on the 10th listen or something like that. So, you know, I think the key is to have something moving along in the track at all, at all times and, and not to be too repetitive, but at the same time uh, to have, you know, a basis there so that people can lock into the groove or the track itself and, and lose themselves in it. So. Right on, right on. So as far as like playing out, I know you're playing and you're promoting on like all the Twitter and Facebook and, in your SoundCloud and all the, the normal avenues of promotion. But as far as like, are you doing anything live at all? Or are you do anything in town or are you just, what are you doing as far as that goes? Um, I, I would love to, um, get I'm back moving. in, get back into yeah. it. <laughs> you know, I, I'm moving in that direction. The problem with that is, uh, I've heard you express the sentiment, you know, is that you have to involve other people. <laughs> so, so i'm you know that's yeah, always the hard part i'm probably an even bigger hermit than you are so um and i enjoy that aspect of my life but you know there does there does come a time when you know you need to take it out and and figure out. and the really hard part is to figure out how to translate it live you know because like you and i you know we're really not from the dj generation and I, I watch a lot of that, and it's interesting to me. But at the same time, I don't know how to do it as far as feeling like I'm doing something interesting for the crowd. Right, right. Know? So I need to find a way to transition what I produce 
and be able to do something organically live and maybe also have some backing stuff Dude, going on. you should everybody's doing like it seems like you've heard of fantagram right no no well it's it's just a it's a two man or a man and a woman basically he plays the electronic music and she sings you should get yourself like a little hottie <laughs> just sit there and have her you play the music and she just sings and that's who they come to see is her and you're in the background playing the music. That seems like the thing. It's always like some female, yeah, there's, just, there's, you know, there's probably tons of female people just want it, or female voices just wanting to, you know, yeah. lock into some electronic music or something. It's, I mean, it's all you need is just uh, a good looking female, man. That's Are not you all you need. Are you the die ant word at all? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like what you're talking about too, I think, except they have the dude and the chick and then the DJ playing the stuff in the back. Okay. But, um, yeah, that's some yeah. pretty. I've seen some of their videos, man. Pretty crazy stuff. They're they're pretty extreme, but very entertaining for me anyway. I enjoy watching. Um, but yeah, I would love to do something like that. <laughs> find me a hottie, dude, <laughs> and that can sing. I guess you know that's my, actually. I, I I'd have to talk to my cousin. I I can't say that she's hottie, but she's she's pretty, <laughs> and she there does sing. But uh, I don't know what she sings. I, I, I'd have to ask her and say, hey, would you, if you had a song that was like straight up, you know, something for vocals and you could write it for a woman. I yeah, wonder, you could eat, where is she in Denver? Yeah, she's in Denver or she's because in Colorado Springs, actually. You could actually do that, you know, with the internet yeah. capabilities now Just, and stuff like that. It's probably not quite as intuitive as if you were in the studio, but still. Right, if I had her, if I had a, if you had a chat, a track, you know, yeah. and then had her come over here to the apartment. But we got the mics, you know. Dude, you? let's do it. It's uh, we can set up something to have my cousin, and maybe we can call you Arc Rev One, and then just have you tour around the country. And well, you know what they do now. <laughs> I mean, what you're describing is actually something that uh, that SoundCloud is built on, and that is uh, people collaborating. Young- well, younger people coming up see themselves as producers. You know, when you and I were coming up, a producer was someone that you found to get you a record deal that gave you a certain sound right. in the studio. But since that time, um, people have started, you know, composing and and maybe it's it probably really started with the beat making, you know, and then they got the audio programs and now they call themselves producers and basically they're laying the bed, the music bed, and then they do what you're saying. They go out and they find some talented vocalist um, to come in, and then it would be like Arcrev One featuring right. your cousin or something like that. And so <laughs> what, it, it works out really well, actually, if you think about it, because the producers aren't really responsible for, or they're able to find new people all the time to keep their stuff interesting, rather than having the same... Well, you know, I mean, with, or whatever. Right, right. Time, you know, I mean, with you know. the with today's technology, man. I mean, shit. Me and Nat could like put something together. <laughs> you know, that's pretty sad. <laughs> I, th- I think you guys should. I think you guys are entertaining as all hell. And, um, <laughs> that you know, I was thinking we should do some kind of video stuff with you guys. You know, some you should have your own series or something like that. Oh, like a webisode like kind of thing. Yeah, 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 and all that, you know. Let me know if you guys want to do something like that. I'd be sure. totally down to. We'd have to. That means we have to spend more time with each other. Uh, gosh, <laughs> and once a week is, is pretty. I'm sure if Tony could do this by himself, he would. <laughs> Talking about hermit. <laughs> yeah, I'm well, pretty, if, uh, I'm pretty hermitized, anything, too. It's, and that's the problem with people like us. Being a hermit can uh, also hinder your your success. 
Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, it's uh, that's what it's just trying to get out of our shell, and that's the whole problem right there. What is it they say? Hermits of a feather flock together. <laughs> that was really bad. Do you want to play some Mexican? Don't print that. We were going to play some massive country, but I think we're, we're going to have you on our uh, on our episode in the next episode, and then uh, after that, we'll we'll play acid country there because it's more rock anyway. And on there this, you go. yeah, rock. Unless you just want to have an outro as a country now on this one, no. So, okay. and this, Dave, we're gonna we're gonna put. Uh, do you have any uh, songs that you want to like put on this one? As what what as as far as Arc Rev One goes, which one is the one that uh, that screams, "This is who I am." Oh wow! Uh, I... Well, I, I hate to put you on the spot, but okay, which one? Funk it you up. Know, I tell you. I tell you what, um, is this still the show? Or are we? Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Wow, we're still live. That's awesome. <laughs> um, this is a know, lo-fi show, th- man. Th- there's a track that um, that seems to be. Uh, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it seems to be more popular. Uh, actually, before the whole Ukraine Russian thing, I don't know what's happening now, but um, this one track I was getting a whole lot of play and um, out in that area. And uh, I don't think it's the cause of any of that conflict out there, but it's called Storm of the Eye of the Storm. I think um, I just saw the sound clack. Okay, Sorry. I see it. I see it. Let me get it. Okay, so we'll just. Uh... And this is this is heavy. This is the heavier stuff. This is from my first EP, um, but just the Arc Rev One self-titled EP. Okay, well we'll just go out with that and uh, Arc Rev One, man. Thanks for coming back and or coming to talk to us, Dave. It's been a while, actually. I don't even know the last time I talked to you and all of a sudden, Hey man, you want to come do our show? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I was stoked to see the whole lo-fi show thing happening and it's right awesome on. to be a part of it. So thanks guys. Right on. Cool. Okay. Hey, this so, is Arc Rev one. If you can, uh, you want to look up, uh, on Google, A R C R E V uh, O N E. Arc Rev one, A R C R E V one, not the number one, but you know, one O N E. I was going to say W W O N. All right. I should change the name. <laughs> Arc Rev One. Anyway, here we go. Thanks, guys.